This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is a Line of Duty special edition of the Best 11 podcast. As well as writer Jed Mercurio's Best 11, we've got all the best bits from the Johnny Owen and Friends special. Vicky McClure was with us in the studio, and we were joined by the show's other stars, including Martin Comston. But first, this man. It's the gaffer, Adrian Dunbar, a.k.a. Superintendent Ted Hastings. Morning, everybody. You've got certain phrases that have become synonymous with your good self. Were they yours that you put in, or were they written for you and you and you now own them? Well, um, going back into the mists of time, as we have to do, <laughs> and ha- and how it all started. I think, I think I chucked a couple of things in. I think then Jed picked up on that. Jed was, you know, he's got his ear to the ground in Belfast, picking up bits and pieces. I'm sure people were saying things to Jed, saying, you know, why doesn't he? He could say this or he could say that. And then, you know, the mother of God stuff is basically a lot of my things that from my dad and sucking diesel. And, you know, I've got a few, dropped a few in myself. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, a 50-50 share out between the two of us. <laughs> What's the new one for this series, AD? Ooh. Yes, I've got a how you wished. How you wished. How you wished. I think that's, wished. The, that's the Northern Irish version of heisht. Which yes. is in Wales. It's yeah. a very Celtic thing, which is be I think it's be quiet, is it? Would it be something like that? Yeah, be quiet, yeah. 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 We and say Wales. Yeah, in Scotland say hug your wished. Did they say yes? Ah. It's, it's obviously a connection with the three countries. But you always laugh at yeah, the Welsh yeah. going iced, don't you? Well, I don't laugh, I say it a lot to iced, you. Iced, <laughs> iced, iced, <laughs> iced. So how are you Thank watching you. tonight, Adrian? Tell us how, what's your sort of ceremony when you watch uh, one that goes out live on television. Well, I'll be over uh, I'll uh, you know, tonight, myself and Anna will be sitting down to, you know, watch Line of Duty. We'll probably open a bottle of Cremant and uh, have a bit of Cassis and Cremant and just mm. kind of celebrate the, the fact that another series is going out and uh, just do it like that. You're listening to the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Martin Comston. We're trying to get on the phone now. Who's filming at the moment? So I think he's in between. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Bless him. He's taking a break from set. Um, we're trying to get him up. In which case, can I, can oh, I... we got him. We got him, Vicky. Ah, oh, good. There he is, uh, Martin oh, Comston. No. There he is, oh, Detective Inspector hello. Steve Arnott. Here he is, Celtic fan, born and bred, proud Scotsman. Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you all feeling this morning? Very good. How are you feeling? The big night is upon us. How do you feel, Martin? Uh, mate, between the game today and the show tonight, my anxiety levels are through the roof. Um, <laughs> way I'm actually kind of glad I'm at work just so I can try and focus. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have be running between takes, watching it on the telly, and, and I'm in a car tonight. So uh, between both, but hopefully at least one of them will have a good day. But 
you know. Listen, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm genuinely just a, a nervous wreck this moment. <laughs> I'm just going to bring in a fellow Celtic fan, uh, Vicky McClure, <laughs> who is, uh, I've really pinned her colours to the mass. It was great because when she did the video, we'll talk about it later, but she, it was a great thing when she went to me, I'm getting lots of um, fans of, of Scottish team. Is it Rangers? I'm like, yes. She goes, they say it. I'm like, yes, well, you're a Celtic fan now because you're in a Celtic top. <laughs> to Listen, let me make something clear. If I well, said well, to Martin well, I was Rangers, there'd be problems. <laughs> <laughs> what, what maybe I mean for better or worse that's I mean a quick look at my timeline this morning you'll see what, really where this rivalry comes at sometimes I mean it's, it's it's not prize sometimes but that's what make it so intense mm. I remember that day Vicky just put up a video of herself dancing and I felt it up which I had to get her and she called me that night and said is this what your Twitter's like it's so stressful it is so it stressful is. what on earth <laughs> A bit like oh, I was being I was being asked earlier about your accent because obviously you you know very Scottish and in the show you do not no I know I know but your your accent is so 110% thick. Scottish he's 110% but it's so hard I mean me and Aidy we get an easy ride we don't need to do the accent thing how hard is it I don't think I've ever asked you do you um, have a hard time well. No, no, I mean, you're not going to do your Scottish accent on the radio. No, I'm not, Martin. <laughs> I'm Literally. a McClure, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. You'd think with McClure you'd have it in you somewhere, my love, but it's just, it's not there. <laughs> I'm hiding it. But it's just, it's because the dialogue is so dense, even without an accent, those lines in that dialogue would be a challenge and just the sheer length of them on their own. So the problem is, I need to stay in it that much because if I'm worrying about an accent on top of trying to do scenes of that length, yeah. Then I just fall to pieces. Um, but as you know, after usually about two or three tenants, uh, the Scottish <laughs> Nice point. That was the thing my, we my, fa- my late father, this is, this is a, uh, a credit to you, Martin, a testament to how good the accent is. When he first seen you on BBC Breakfast talking in a Scottish accent, I genuinely thought he nearly fell off the settee. He going, he's Scottish. <laughs> he do that. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, he does does the accent. He's like, oh, I never realised that. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. So he it's, genuinely it's thought he was Gillian from... Martin and Anderson yeah. have thrown the nation into turmoil <laughs> when she turned up and, and she had this purpley cut glass English accent. Vicky, Vicky did an Irish one uh, for the... Uh, the, the, the Which thing. was really good. Yes, really with, good. she played Susan McHugh, didn't she? And uh, she stayed in character, a bit like you do, Martin, on set. Fans mm-hmm. don't like this. When you, when you go to, uh, the, to Line of Duty filming, Martin talks to you you know, in the evening, in his act, he stays in the accent. It's wow. brilliant. And Vicky did the same. She stayed in the accent. So I'd be getting up in the morning, and you know, Vicky, I come to you, morning, Johnny. You know, and, and I, you know, and I'd be like, I love. And I was like, you know, I was Do like, you know what was strange like, about that though? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what was weird though? We had um, we had a lot of Line of Duty crew on Mother's Day because it was shot in Belfast. Yes. So I was like, oh, they're not used to me doing this. It's so weird. So you become a bit self-conscious that about is, it. That is what's difficult. Yeah. That is, you're absolutely right. See. Like, if I had to go on another job now and change, like, it's hard for me as well sometimes in Line of Duty when they, when they cast a mate. And then yeah. when the mate comes in and they, and then I have to, like, when Stephen Graham come in and have to speak to him in English, at first you just want the ground to swallow you up because he's looking at you like, what are you doing? And um, also, Kelly MacDonald, who's Scottish. Yeah, but see, it's easier with Kelly because I don't, I don't know Kelly. It's when it's somebody yeah, you right. know. That's what's really, it makes you really self-conscious when you're out for dinner because... You can tell with me, because when I first met you and we became mates, I've sort of been doing both the whole time. Yeah. So you and Aidy just take me like that. Whereas if it was people I'd known before, they're kind of like, we know this isn't a year. So <laughs> Why is he doing this? 
Sporty with the English accent as well. It starts in the yeah. read-through, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, Martin, from one Celtic fan to another, <laughs> um, what's your prediction for later? Uh, I mean, obviously I'm always going to back Celtic, but it's just... I mean, our defending on set plays this year has been shocking. Um, Rangers had a big game the other night, which obviously you're hoping to take a bit of the leg. So I'm going to go for 2-1 Celtic. I'm going to go 3-1. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to go 2-0 Celtic. Here's the big question, though, Mark, as well, like, between me and you. This, uh, this guard of honour, what's happening there? Are they going to give that him one? It ain't happening. It's we'll not, is it? And the thing is, they didn't Probably give us wise. one, did they? So there's no complaints. No, People I mean, in talk sports saying this to me as well. I'm like, well, hang on. A few years no, back, no, same I, thing. I, do you know what I mean? That's not nonsense as well. We're, we've never given each other either one, so it's not going to start now. And I hate all this be bigger than them no it's not it's not about that it's like give them nothing and they give us nothing that's what it's all about <laughs> this is why it's one of the world's great rivalries in sport long may it continue I, I love it Martin Comston detective in no he got your rank wrong earlier this is oh, the this is a right, she's on this Martin I don't know what's about it it's what a big is thing isn't it promotion, I want, I, I'll give you a promotion Martin I'll call he him gave detective you a promotion he, he called you DI uh, right. D.I. Daffer. D.I. Daffer. <laughs> <laughs> so what is he, Detective what? D.S. D.S. Arnott. Detective Superintendent, is that what it is? The one below Vicky, as your constant reminds me. It, it goes, <laughs> it goes <laughs> D.I. Yes. S.C. Yeah. And then O. Okay, there's, there's enough... Uh, D-I-S-C-O! <laughs> oh, Martin, oh, thanks I'm very much for joining us. Yes, yes, enjoy, oh, enjoy your shoot. This is the Best Eleven Podcast with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster. This is Johnny Owen and Friends on TalkSport. It's a line of duty special and it's now time for this week's Best Eleven. This is where we ask someone from the non-sporting world 11 questions about their love of football and the team they support. Our guest today is a brilliant writer, producer, director and novelist. After studying medicine at university, he was commissioned as a pilot officer in the medical branch of the RAF. He then became a hospital doctor and wrote BBC drama Cardiac Arrest under a pseudonym while still in practice. He subsequently retired from medicine to continue his writing career and is the man behind such shows as Bodies, The Grimleys, Bodyguard and, of course, Line of Duty. This is the brilliant Jed Mercurio and we started by asking him who he supports and why. Well, obviously this will come as a real blow to most listeners when I say it's Man United. <laughs> I like it's Man United. <laughs> so you're not a Manchester I've been boy. apologising for for a long, long time. And then, of course, you have to come up with the reason why. You do. You support Man United if you don't live within one mile of Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. Or at 50 games for them or Yeah, something. if you can't trace all your lineage to, to Salford and the docks. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like someone going into A&E and with some like really involuted story about they slipped and landed on a Man United emblem. Kind of, um... So with me, it's actually the fact that although I, I um, spent most of my childhood in the Midlands, I actually was born in Nelson in oh, Lancashire. Yes. Um, and I lived there until I started junior school. And uh, I had an older brother who was a Man U fan, and that kind of just swept me into it. So by the time I arrived um, in the West Midlands, I professed that I was I was Man U and it always got a reaction if you kind of said oh well you know Nelson that's near Burnley and the, people don't care no. but if you say Man U it gets you it gets you some kind of um feedback usually negative and, <laughs> and you know when you're trying to make your mark in a new town 
it's kind of helpful. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's amazing when people have said it's, it's, it's often for because because of your father or your brother that you will pick a team and you will support that team. And you know, listen, yeah. they're the biggest team arguably in the world yeah. and there's a reason for that they they were the successful and glamorous especially in the 60s and sort of even into the 70s They're probably so, still you know, that top yeah. team internationally i would imagine i, th- I think that, so you know, my older brother was the same my older brother was a manchester united fan more than sort of the local clubs it's just the way he was you know i always tended to go to watch merthyr and cardiff he was just manchester united and so yeah. i I, yeah. I understand it completely do you, do you can you tell us what your earliest memories of football are yeah, I mean that that's interesting as well because um what a lot of people probably won't know depending on on how old you are is there was a time when Man United weren't that successful. They True. actually got relegated. They did. And were were rebuilding. So the the first manager I really remember was Tommy Doherty. Yes, the doc. Um and that was the first Man United side and the the, the first time I saw them play live on TV I mean. Yeah. Um, was for the FA Cup final in, uh, I guess that was 76 against yes. Southampton. Uh, but my earliest earliest memories of football um, revolve around internationals. So I can I can just barely remember the England-Poland qualifier in 1973. Oh, don't. The ball goes under <laughs> the, a foot and yeah. destiny is changed The goalkeeper, forever. the clown, Brian Clough called him a clown before that's the right, game. Tomaszewski. Tomaszewski. And he has, yeah. a, he has, a, he has a, a stormer, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I remember that. And then I, I do remember the World Cup final that was played the following summer in 74. And I remember the the FA Cup final that was played um, at the end of the 73-74 the, the season. Liverpool-Newcastle, yeah. yeah. Liverpool-Newcastle, yeah. And I actually watched that game um, up near Liverpool. We were uh, we were still at that time uh, up in the north and we went over to uh, some friends who lived in Widnes and they were, li- they were Liverpool fans, so we watched the game there. Well, so, and you weren't, you know, an absolute killing, you know, thrashing there at was Liverpool, and yet you, you're stuck by your guns, and that's the important thing with your lowly Manchester United, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's commendable of you. Do you remember the first, obviously, the, the first game you actually get got to see them in the flesh? Yeah, that, I do, actually. And although my brother went to football a lot, he was actually quite a bit older than me, and he kind of... Um, he really started going when he went away to college and he, he was in Derby. And so he was, he was seeing Derby regularly and I was still living at home in a, in sort of uh, a town called Cannock in Staffordshire. Yes. So the first opportunity I really got when I, I fell in with people who were, were proper match goers was, was when I went to university, I went to Birmingham and um, a mate of mine there, Andy Sill, was a Man U fan, and he suggested going to Highfield Road to see Coventry Man U. Mm. And so that was the so I was I was like eighteen. That was the first game I actually went to live, and we went and uh, uh, Man U won three one, and Robson scored. And I remember the the it was the, the third goal because it was getting quite tight. It looked like Coventry might equalise to go two two. We were directly in the line of sight between Gordon Strachan. He shot and it going in the the sort of far corner, 
Um, so that that was my first recollection. I remember I I went to Highfield Road as an away fan. It was a very specific ground. You were in that mm. corner on the terrace and the high fences, you know. Uh, yeah. And they always took uh, thousands away Manchester United. Always have, probably always will. Did you manage to get in the away end, or did you have to go in the home end like a lot of Manchester United fans? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I, we seem to be in with a kind of a kind of Man U fans. It was all very. Um, um, you know, celebratory. When, <laughs> when we, we, we didn't have to do the thing of pretending to look kind of upset, yeah. or, you know, because oh, obviously, you hell, know, they've yeah. scored a third. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I'm very much a behind the the camera kind of person, yeah. so my my acting wouldn't really. Pass much, but, if you sent someone um, to watch the game for you, they could have done a much better job. I right? Yeah, yeah. I need to cast someone. Yeah, but um, but then because. Initially, I, I saw them away more than than right. I saw them at home. I, I uh, the next game we went to, Andy and I went down to London, and we um, another one of our mates, Cy Parfit, was a gooner, and we we it was actually the opening game of the the following season, the eighty six season, was at uh, Highbury, oh. um, and we went down for that, and that was that was a good game, but uh, unfortunately, Arsenal won one nil. And then it was just it was basically seeing away games in the Midlands and uh, and then when I went um, up to Manchester to shoot the Grimleys, uh, that was when I started being able to go to Old Trafford. So I got a mate who lived in Manchester, an old schoolmate, um, Sonam Naya, Sam, and uh, Sam was a, a had become a big Man U fan when he moved to Manchester, and uh, we went to Old Trafford quite a few times because um, he was a season ticket holder, and uh, and that was great actually going there. Yes. Okay, well, we'll touch on your match day rituals then and now in a moment. But before we do that, you've you mentioned a couple of boys there, uh, Brian Robson, Gordon Strachan. Did you have a favourite player though as a kid? Yeah, for for Man U, it was it 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 will have been in the eighties, Brian Robson, yes. right. And then when I first got into football in the in the 70s, when I was playing as a kid, I, I fancied myself as a winger. So it was kind of uh, Steve Coppel, Gordon Hill. <laughs> yeah, we've had a few of them, Coppel well, and Gordon Hill, hasn't I, we? I love that. You know, you know, Gordon Hill coming up from Millwall, Millwall was yeah. such a move for a sort of a young footballer. And and Steve Coppel, just we we talked about him before on the show, is a somewhat revolutionary player. He made that wide right role different from the way you often saw it yeah I mean he he was great to watch and I remember when he I, when he I don't know if it was his England debut but it was certainly a, a, a big game where he got a lot of attention and he um he just kept doing the job he yes. kept just taking on the fullback and delivering crosses into the box which yes. was you know back in those days that was sort of the simplistic idea of what what a winger would do um and also what I remember about Steve Coppel was that they ma they made a big deal about the fact that he was educated. Yes, yes that was, they that did, was, didn't they? Yeah, that was his first mistake, wasn't it? He had a degree. <laughs> he a, a levels it practice. was like it, it ain't our hot mum when they talk about the guy having a university degree. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. And he, um, I think he had a degree in economics. He did. But I remember the build-up to one of the FA Cups. If, I don't know if it was 76 or 77, but they showed all the Man United players and then they showed Steve Coppel 
reading a very thick book. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's his credibility the other, out the window. The other one, <laughs> Jed will tell you this, was is glasses. Glasses in a book, you, you're cast, you're, you're done, and you're, yeah. you're, you're cerebral. <laughs> you're, 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 the, you're the brains of the bunch. Exactly the right, that's right. But he was a, a smart cook, and he proved that as, as a as manager, manager as well. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Jed, you've obviously, you've, you've, you've talked quite a lot. You've got uh, Italian heritage. Um, mm. And you, you've, you know, I think we've spoken in the past that you've got a, f- a fondness for the Italian football team, and major tournaments were always uh, something you you thoroughly enjoyed, didn't you? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big part of my identity that I'm that I'm still kind of thinking about because as a, as a kid growing up in a kind of working class English town in the in the seventies, you were under a lot of pressure to assimilate. You know, you yeah. didn't you you didn't want to seem non-English or non-British. Yeah. And you know, my parents were both Italian. They worked very hard to assimilate into Britain and um, got good jobs. And and we we benefited as kids from from being pushed through education. But you didn't want to talk too much about having a fondness for the Italian side and I remember I remember loads of times in school you know there was there were some kids not my mates but there were some kids who were really nasty about being from an Italian background Mm -hmm. and um the reason I remember it most clearly is because um for the the 78 World Cup um England were in the same qualifying group as Italy they did yeah and uh, and Italy qualified ahead of England I think it was on goal difference but, but but basically um, Italy had beaten England uh, in their home game, and then they they'd managed to, to to not be too heavily defeated in the game at Wembley, and so there was a lot of rancor about that because that was two World Cups on the trot that England hadn't qualified for. Yeah, and what I do remember is that we, when we watched the '78 World Cup within the house, we were really open about supporting Italy. And I think it's something that my dad was really pleased about because I'd, I'd spent a lot of time, and you know this is a difficult thing to talk about because he's, he's, you know, my parents are no longer with me, but at times quite vocally rejecting Italian heritage mm-hmm. as, as a desire to to assimilate yeah. with, with British yeah. culture, mm-hmm. and always supporting England. And so I think my my dad particularly was really touched by the fact that we watched. Italy in that World Cup and I supported Italy and I remember the the big game I remember in 78 was was in the group stage it was a night game uh, against Argentina and it was it was the most exciting game I'd seen uh, to, to that point it was so tight you know two of the world's top teams yes. yeah. in like a real cauldron in the the, the Argentine stadium and um, uh, Roberto Bottega scored in the uh, a goal in the second half really tight game just ball popped up to him and he slotted it and my dad and I just really cheered yeah and it was just an ex- it was like a real it was a really great childhood memory of, of being really really open about that Italian connection do you know and the beauty of it is I think football yeah. to, to give you to to be allowed to celebrate your own DNA Football yeah. is absolutely the thing yes. that you can you can do that with, and I think it's a lovely story. Plus, also, can I commend you on the best northern 
Italian name I've ever heard in my life in Jeb Mercurio. I mean, it's, it's the, <laughs> what, what a combo. It's, it's absolutely perfect. It I is, could never it? have guessed yes. what your heritage was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you got a favourite piece of memorabilia or a memento that you cherish? Um, yeah, I, um, on, on your video feed, you might be able to see on the wall behind me, there are some uh, vintage photographs. And, and one of those is um, from the 1966 World Cup, and oh. it's signed by Sir Jeff Hurst. Nice. Well, yes. um, so that's, Three goals uh, in that I mean, game, that, everyone. I, just, I just want to mention that. There. <laughs> Mark's a West Ham West, fan, West, Ham, West Ham Chef has got three goals in that game. Just... Yeah, no, West Ham won the World Cup. Thank you, Jay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of I, I quite like the conspiracy theory now that there's no real evidence that England won the World Cup in '66. There's just a bit of grainy footage that was probably played. <laughs> Some grassy knoll stuff. Is yeah, it, yeah, it was West Ham. Let's just let's just say that. Now, it? <laughs> I was going to say, you obviously one of the great games in world football history, arguably the greatest game to many people, was the Italian Brazil game oh. of 1982. Do you remember that game, mm. Jed? Oh, gotcha. I re I remember um watching that and really th actually thinking that our chance had gone in in 78 as yeah. an italian uh family you know because in 82 england had qualified they did yeah and i on i honestly did support england then much more than than uh italy and i think as we sort of feared the worst we thought brazil was so good and they were going to win i mean they had that incredible midfit you know socrates falcao uh, Zico Junior, those guys were world class players. Yeah, and there was a sense that sort of seventy eight was 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 Italy's chance, and and if they'd been incredibly unlucky in seventy eight, yeah, you know all the 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 dodgy goal difference that that Argentina oh, the, got the Peru like, game, you know, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You know, and also like, the, the the massive thing, like you said about Italy playing Argentina, is the Italian heritage of a lot of Argentinian people. Yeah. So it was almost like yeah. that. It was, it was extra, wasn't it, on that game? Totally, totally. So then, when the 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 Brazil game, yeah. you just thought Brazil were going to coast it, and then it was just extraordinary. It ended up being incredibly one sided in terms of possession, but the Italy were deadly. Oh. And actually, people forget that that um, Italy had a goal disallowed. I think yeah. Antonioni scored a goal that was given offside, and actually, he was onside. It would it, the the margin of victory would have been even greater. There's a great uh, quote, uh, and I think it was from uh, the French, a great French newspaper. Uh, what's the great sporting newspaper they got in France? I can't remember, Le Quip. Okay, um, yeah. And it described uh, Rossi that day as being like a scalpel going through oh, Brazilian fields. yes. You know, razor sharp. <laughs> Only one little chance, he, he scored every single time. Not and I just thought it was a beautiful description of how he played that day, Rossi. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. it was redemption for him because he'd, he'd been embroiled in the, in, the, in the cheating scandal and all that, which he vigorously denied. And here was his chance on a world stage against what people thought was the greatest team, the, better than the 1970 Brazil team yeah. and Italy won. It was an incredibly exotic experience, wasn't it? It was oh. a fa fabulous stuff. Can I ask you, have, have you got a favourite player at the moment then, Jed? Well, I find him a frustrating player uh -huh. to, to be your favourite, but uh, Bruno Fernandes ah. is probably one. He's probably one of the most inconsistent players. And you know, there's that there's that saying in golf that there's no commentary on the scorecard, right? And it's like you you look at Bruno's stats and you think this guy must be absolutely flawless as a player and then you watch a game and you watch him just give away possession and argue about nothing and 
you know, have really good opportunities to play people in and just completely mess it up. <laughs> and then other times do things incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. sublime, you know, just a free kick, a shot. A be- I mean, the other night, an incredible cross, incredible finish. And then you just kind of think, oh, please do it every week. I know. It's, uh, he is one of those I players. I call that love, yeah. hate. <laughs> well, we've all got them, haven't we? Yeah. Where you just think, yeah. if you could just do that all the time. I suppose that's what makes the... Uh, Brian Clough used to have a theory that the great, great players are just consistent. That's what he used yeah. to say. Every game is a 7 or an 8 out of 10. And therefore, arguably, you don't notice them yes. in, that, in the same way. Yes. But as you say, but when, you yeah. know, when Bruno's good, he's very, very good. Talking of consistency, that's right. That's th- right. this is what you call a, a radio segue. Everything you seem to write, Jed, is of excellent quality. <laughs> but I mean, seven I just, or eight out of yes, ten, absolutely. You're, you're, you're so it was like a Ronaldo-esque, I suppose, and, and always producing most games. But I mean, I, listen, I, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you, but you are considered to be one of the great modern writers now in, in television, certainly in Britain. I mean, when you sit down with something like Line of Duty or The Bodyguard, do you think, oh, I'm going to write an era-defining yeah, series here, or do you, or do you just think, idea. I can't yeah. think like that? I'm just going to write something that I know and, and that I want to write. Yeah, it, it's got to be that you're you're in, interested in it and invested in it. And you've just got to use your judgment and think, well, if it's something that I would watch, yeah. then there's a fair chance other people would watch it. And I also think about, you know, what my expectations are with a particular genre. If I'm writing a police thriller or a, um, a, a kind of conspiracy thriller like Bodyguard was, you know, what? just have a having a think about if I were to go and see a, a, a film or I was going to embark on watching a, a, a box set that was set in that genre, what would I want it to be as a viewer? And that's always the starting point for me. And it seems like Line of Duty is on later tonight, one of the most anticipated TV events, certainly of the last few years. Um, for me, it's interesting because obviously I'm, I'm, I'm Vicky McClure's partner who's in the show, but uh, when I first met Vicky, she she hadn't even gone out the first season. She'd I've done this sort of cop show that's on BBC Two, and there's lots of cop shows that come and go on British television. And I kind of went, "All right, okay, we'll see how it does." But I thought you were very interested in, it, in that you noticed a certain chemistry between three of the actors in particular: Vicky, Martin Comston, and Adrian Dunbar. And you've seen that, and you developed that. So built on that, yes, yeah? absolutely. I, I thought that was really clever that you noticed that, and they are. Like, as you are with them, very, very tight, aren't they? It's almost like a football team where you get that extra bond of a team together just seems to work well to well, to well together. Yeah, I mean, they're great together. And, and that's part of the chemistry of success. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to do a number of returning series over the years. And, and, and one of the things that's absolutely essential is that you have that balance uh, between the characters and the way the cast embody them because that's what the audience is really coming back for. Yes. They, they get invested in, in the characters' stories. And, you know, we're incredibly fortunate with Line of Duty to have such amazing loyal fans. And the thing that they really care about is, is, is what those three characters will achieve in each season. Brilliant. Line of Duty is no Bruno. There you are. That's, that's all you need. <laughs> this, much is, this much is clear. Right, now, is that, now, I'd be tempted, given the stories you've been telling here, to be looking to the Azuri to perhaps answer this question. But have you got a best-ever kit? Well, you, you, you've uh, done well there. You've done well Ooh, there, Mark. Yeah. He's like one of your characters, so, really, um, <laughs> to do some things. Um, it, it is, actually. I actually played, um, back when I was playing football, before, before my... Uh, my darting midfield runs wrecked my knee. Sorely, um, sorely I, missed on the field of play, Jed. I've heard it so honestly, many times. Yeah. 
Honestly, uh, football has, has been much the poorer for my absence. Um, yeah, we, I actually played for a five-a-side team who were called the Azzurri, and we had um, the the Italian kit. And I um, I chose a, a vintage Paolo Rossi yeah. uh, eighty-two World Cup yeah. number twenty. Nice. It, it is. There's you know sometimes there's but I mean I, I'm yes I'm old-fashioned and I see perfection in simplicity often. And just the, and I will take it back to the seventy kit, a long sleeve, crew neck blue shirt. Just it's gold for me. But as you yeah. say, they 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 kept the standard high all the way through the decades. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great shirt. It's actually kind of another vintage shirt I had that that's quite similar to that was the the Man U sixty eight. Uh, European Cup winning shirt yeah. because they played in blue that night. That's right. Just, was that out of nowhere? That that blue shirt was it always? Yeah, part I think of it stuff? was like a. I think it was a bespoke piece of kit, and wow. so um, again, you know, the, the the vintage shirt manufacturers online have just, you know, that was a particular piece of of kit that was just so unusual. It was worth having. It was worth. I just just so you both know as well. Um, I don't know if you know this before we move on to the next question, but Italy obviously play in blue. Their flag is famously red, white and green. They play in blue because the House of Savoy, which unite, un, unified Italy, the yeah. royal family, they were, they were, emblem was blue and that's why they play in blue. What's what? the knowledge? Yeah, that's a quirk, piece of heritage. A quirk of history, Isn't so that's why they play yeah, in blue. Fantastic. Even though it's not the colours on their flag. Anyway. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> it's always worth talking to you, John. <laughs> I might manage to say, a, a, a mine of useless information... <laughs> <laughs> in his Welsh accent. And he's had no mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, another team, Jed, you've got a soft spot for? Uh, that would be Wolves. Ah, because right. uh, Canuck's yeah. nearest, nearest yeah. team is Wolves. And in, in the 70s, they, they were a very solid first division side with a, you know, with a couple of glamour players like John Richards and um, local TV um, in the middle, you know, ATV yeah. today used yes. to rejoice in getting a local footballer on every now and then, and um, so it was. It was just something that was part of my childhood again. And uh, they went through a bad, a bad time, and now they're they're, they're enjoying good times again. So uh, always great to see them do well. well yes, nice yeah, to they, hear. They, they, nice quite to hear. frankly, by way of their own tradition and history, they are back where they belong. You know, in in the top flight, so that's a great I shot. Agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah. I mean, they're a, they're a massive side, and you know what seems bizarre is that that Bruno doesn't play for them because <laughs> you, you would imagine the the entire Portuguese squad. Yeah, true. I was going to say, how come he didn't end up there? <laughs> yeah, something's gone wrong there. Mendes, yeah, don't tell Mendes. <laughs> this is the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, so we're going to go through your uh, best 11 now. And you've got, obviously, uh, are you going to do an Italian one or a Manchester United one? It'll be, it'll be Man United. Okay, cool. So uh, I was going to say, b- both both would be both an embarrassment, embar- embarrassment of riches. Of riches. <laughs> yes, But we'll start with Manchester United. So we'll start in goals then, Jed. Uh, I'm going to go with Peter Schmeichel because yeah. of his commanding presence and um, just his, his consistency, going back to that word. Peter Schmeichel in goals. And then you're back. Are you going to go 4-4-2? Um, I'm, I'm going for a... For Quite uh, uh, an attack-minded four-three-three. <laughs> oh, you see, this, which is so unazuri, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, you know, I'm assuming you five aside, you play one-four. This is his but, Jed you know. more than his Mercurial. It this is, one is, is it? yeah, <laughs> yeah. This isn't a side designed to grind out a new lava to go through on gold. Yeah, uh, exactly. Fair enough. Then. Okay, okay, back four. Back four. Okay, um, I really struggled to think of a, a right back. At Man United, I just couldn't come up with one at all. Right. Um, so, um, Gary Neville. I'm going to go for John Gidman oh, as a, just John to avoid Gidman. the obvious wow. choice. <laughs> yes, Villa wasn't he? I think wasn't he got? For, he, he was to, Villa. I mean, yeah. his heyday was at Villa, yeah. and Ron Atkinson signed it. That's right, he right. did. Yeah. He signed him at McGrath, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the thing about John Gidman I liked was that, and this will be very important for this side, is that he was he was great going forward. He was very fast, and he 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 um, played other people in really smartly. So I know there's an obvious choice there, but I'm not going to give him the satisfaction. So I'm going to go for Gidman. Okay, I, I, nice. I mentioned the name. I shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't want to send you into, into Martin Comston territory here, where he didn't pick Danny <laughs> McGrain for Celtic. Yeah. Got massively, mm. massively sort of a load of stick on social media, and then blamed me. Well, Jordan, you. why didn't you tell me? I was like, it was your team. Do you <laughs> mean? I can't pick your team for you. We've had murders with uh, actors, Jed. I, honestly, I don't know where you get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Graham would try to change his side about Stephen fourteen Graham times. 
didn't he? He, was, he, he went for it and he ringed mean, up. Said, I've, was, I've got to change my left back. There was almost an international incident after Adrian Dunbar. He went for an all-island team. Can you imagine that went down <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I know, yeah. Anyway, you're back uh, for it. It's like every day at work for Jed. I know yeah. it is, yeah, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry, yes. Back, the rest of your back Yeah, for. so in, in keeping with my thinking about the full-backs, I'm actually going to bring us bang up to date with the left-back and go for Luke Shaw. Oh, there you go. The comeback kid. Yeah, and to keep harping on about consistency, in, in a Man United side that have really suffered from inconsistency in, in the last few seasons, you know, he's really developed into someone who is a really reliable performer. Yeah. And, and even when the team play badly, he tends to do his job well. Yeah, he's well in with an England shot mark, I'd say, would you? I would yeah, say he's, I think so. he's, he's, hit that, he's hit the form Just that the they signed him for on. So, yeah, definitely. Centre-halves, then. Centre halves. I'm going to go for for um, Rio Ferdinand. Yes. yes, I mean one of the the, the best of all yeah. time. Yeah. And um, and I've actually met a really lovely guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah as well, man. smashing fella. Yeah, and um, uh, and to his credit, he was a bodyguard fan. So you know, flattery <laughs> gets you everywhere. Obviously, I, feel, yeah. I feel that he's achieved more than I have. But it was kind of quite uplifting to hear him. So. <laughs> um, I mean, the obvious partner would be to, to partner him up with Vidic, but I'm going to go off piste again here, and I'm going to I'm going to pick someone who played for Man United, but then developed into one of the world's best elsewhere, uh, Gerard Piquet. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there was. It's it's weird that it. it it was perceived that the way he played his football wouldn't work in the Premier League, wasn't it? I mean, this is fundamentally why he went, wasn't it? In the end, yeah. He just needed time to develop. Yeah. Mr. Header, apparently, in Bolton, and he said to Ferguson, you, 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 you don't trust me ever since that. I want to go back. I was reading about it the other day, and he went back, and Ferguson was like, I wish I kept him now. One Header in Bolton yeah, did it. it yeah. Header, yeah. Good Lord. And I think once your manager loses your trust, it's like Jed with an actor, I suppose, yeah. or a character. It's very difficult to get it back. This was uh, Jed Arnold. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we see the, the psychological effect that can have on players. I mean, it's, it's, it's never clearer than in... In someone like Lingard, look what's happened there. Yeah, I'm just working on the principle. If you need a new five-a-side team from where you're from now, the PK Blinders. Oh, just, just, <laughs> I'll just write that down for you, Jim, in case you forget it. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so moving on very, so, very anyway, quickly. If we onwards could. to the uh, to the to the midfield. How are you doing? Are you midfield? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick a player who I obviously never saw play, but I'm picking him on reputation and what might have been. And and also just to tap into to some of the, the the legacy of Man United, I'm going to pick Duncan Edwards. Oh, oh yes, yes, brilliant. Yes. And, and look, a boy, well, localish to your area, area. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, an incredible, incredible story, and so tragically cut short. But by all accounts, would have been one of the all-time greats. Yeah, it's, it, it's that is one of the saddest stories ever in football. I mean, obviously the whole tragedy, but just this idea that this young kid was on the verge of genuine greatness. Uh, already great. Yeah, mm. already, already, yeah. already. And, and, and yes. With a whole yes. 10 more years of him to uh, come, you know. Yeah, so, very yeah. sad. It's a lovely choice. Yeah. So, Duncan Edwards yeah. here. Who joins him in midfield? Um, so, I'm going to um, put Brian Robson in there. Yep. And I'm going to put Bobby Charlton in there. That's a very decent yeah. midfield. <laughs> oh, this is the thing with Manchester United. You just can't ever go... You've got, you got, you got a couple of three captains right there as well, yeah. just in case. Would you, yeah. you, you've got arguably, the, gets the, arm back? arguably the, the, the greatest English player ever, you'd say, Bobby yeah. Charlton. In the sense, he, I mean, he won everything, didn't he? Yeah. Won European Cups yeah. and World Cups. Yeah. Yes. I, I think a lot of people think he's probably... In, in terms of 
career performance and and internationals as well probably our most successful ever player i agree with that not, he was not necessarily man. the most skillful but no. those have you know that unfortunately those those players have had quite a, a, a tragic trajectory for other reasons mm. there's a beautiful bit in there when he wins the um i think the sports personality of the, of the century or something the english sort of and his brother jack charlton gives him the award doesn't he yeah. and he says the yeah. best player i've ever seen was our Bobby? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful moment. You Which know, where, given the nature of their yeah. sadness of the of their kind of own domestic yeah. connections, yeah. But it's, it's a beautiful it's, moment where he says, lovely, yeah. "The greatest but, player ever was my brother." Probably the most important yeah. man going into the '66 World Cup final was Bobby Charlton. Yeah. You know, I, I know that yeah. hindsight as you know Bobby Moore as a skipper, etc. Jeff Hurst emerging, but but Charlton was this was the instrumental figure. He on scored the, the goal against Port, the big goal against Portugal. Wasn't yeah. it Portugal? He scored that goal. And, yeah, yeah. semi final. I That's think he right. scored both. Yeah. I think he scored two in the in the, the semi against Portugal. And the, and if you need any more, I, I, I always harp back. I, I heard him on the radio talking about, very much in his dotage, talking about the fact that even sort of at that age, he's at the traffic lights. And if there's a game of football on the park, he can't go until the corner's been taken. Even if the, light, <laughs> even if the lights change, he's got to see the corner. Yeah. And you just know, that's, that's, a, that's a football man, isn't that's, it? That's, yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that, there's, there's plenty of flair and yeah. endeavour in that in the middle three. Creativity. So How about your top three? Top three, I'm going to go for um, best Rooney and Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> it? It's always quite, like you're saying, I always think with, with Manchester United, a bit like Liverpool, you kind of always go, oh, okay. Yeah. When you see the front three, it's 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 very difficult to sort of say all three world class. But that you know the nice thing, you can see the shape that those yeah. three would could make on the field of play, yeah. can't you? Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean the thing about Best was he could play anywhere, yeah. but and again because he was slightly before my time and there's so little footage of him, but you do see him cutting in from the left, joining from midfield. You know, he was the total footballer of his age, and you know I, I can see him fitting in from there. Ronaldo, when he played at Man United, often played on the right and and, and attacked from, from the right. And Rooney often sat deeper and didn't didn't necessarily play as an out-and-out out number nine, but he could do it, and he could do it very well. Wow, record goal scorer yeah, for Manchester United. We, we often say this. The only thing I was going to say to you now is a big one, and I know you'll go, Cantona. You didn't find anywhere yeah. for Cantona. That's a really good point, and I, I, um, I would say that... The, he transformed Man United as a league side, but I've got one eye on European. Yeah. Oh, and he's thought about it. He's thought picture, about it. Did it really? <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was something. I mean, Roy Keane is not one to mince his words. Yeah, another, and, he, yeah. he, and in his autobiography, which was a, a, a thoroughly interesting yeah. insight to, yeah. to borderline sociopathy, <laughs> uh, it was. Um, uh, he talked about Cantona and, and said, you know, we in, in European games, Cantona could barely get a kick and mm. he wasn't regularly picked for France. He was a very, very effective and utterly brilliant player for Man United in the, the Premier League and transformed them. And I was a huge Cantona fan. But, you know, if if you're looking at Man United through, through the ages, there's such an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, you know, they could have two or three benches full of world class. And stars. you are allowed a Absolutely. bench and we'll put him on there. And 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 I'm I'm deter I'm I I think 
Johnny, that that in Jed as as the as the man behind the camera, he can be like all oh, you flaky turns, and I think he'll <laughs> stick by this eleven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I we're going to get any phone calls about Eric Cantona. No, just, the week, I think it's a we? great debate. I love, <laughs> and that's why you you find out with Jed how the mind works, why he went for this team. This he team, did. this team is competing in Europe, Mark, not just domestic, domestically. He's mapped it it's out important. for us perfectly. Yes. The man has seen the plot, and he knows that he knows. He's the got ending. a European background himself. He thinks of the bigger picture, as it. did Samad Busby. Uh, I think that you know. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson obviously transformed United's fortunes and overtook Liverpool in um, in terms of league titles. But Man United have remained behind Liverpool in terms of European success. They have. And, you know, yeah. I think that this side is what's required to turn the side there. As well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can I ask you who your manager would be then? Go on. Oh uh, well, you know, I was I was toying with Ron Atkinson, obviously. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> was, um, Dave Sexton, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Sexton. Well, Ron, uh, Ron actually appeared in the Grimleys. Did he? He, he? he. We had a, a scene where um, the the kids were playing um, a, a schools match, and uh, Brian Conley, the PE teacher, was was obviously coaching the team for the cast, and then. Um, Big Ron was the PE teacher at the other school, and Brilliant. he brought them in, and uh, he was great. He was, oh, he was, fantastic. you know, did you he stick really him in a tracksuit, did you? And everything was, did, did he look? Did he have the whistle around the neck and all that? The work? he actually came in in the big suit. He was playing like the did Flash he? Harry type. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the it's, big rings on the, the fingers big, and stuff like that. What was like I that. thinking? It's big Ron. Play yeah. the tape. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious that we have to go for Sir Alex. I've written Sir it Alex down. Ferguson. Don't worry I about understand that. that. I mean, the, the, the greatest modern manager of that. There is no. There yeah. is no question. Um, I, I, I've, did you, did you say that you wanted Duncan Edwards to be the captain of the team? I, I would, I would, I would probably ask Sir Alex to, to. To, to take, to take Brian and Duncan aside and and decide. <laughs> I think that you know this. Uh, However, the diplomat. I, I think, you know, I I would say, I would say Robson actually. Mm, mm. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Well, and for you know, club and country, you know, there's no underestimate that you cannot underestimate the the work that he did. So uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's a very very tidy European. Looking Manchester United <laughs> football team, Jed Mercurio. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good yeah, luck tonight fun. with the uh, the new series. I'm sure it's going to be a triumph. Cheers, guys. Really enjoyed it. You're listening to the Best Eleven podcast from Talk Sport. Okay, so as you know, at AC12, we have to learn a lot of acronyms. And Johnny, I've got to say, your little slip up earlier with Martin's rank means you don't know very much. So I think it's time you learn. And I'm going to test you both on some of these. Can I just, a oh, point of order here. Not my fault. In the script, I am like him in Anchorman. I read the script. I tell him this. <laughs> I will read whatever you put in front of me. It's a dangerous thing. Yeah. So he can shout in my ear in his Bristolian tones as much as he wants. <laughs> he got it wrong. Jamie Hutchinson got that wrong, not Johnny Owen. Anyway, carry on. I mean, look at that. Mark, good luck. Thank you very much. I, I hope you win. <laughs> do you know, if I do... He's in, there really is issues with John. Anyway, I've tried to keep it really simple. I've tried to keep it simple. And basically, I'm going to stick to the ranks. Now, if you get the answer right, you're going to hear this. I'm sucking diesel. Thank you, AD. If you get the answer wrong, you will hear this. You losing it out there. <laughs> okay. Right, so to start with, yes. DC. DC. Do we answer, do we answer you now? Yes. De- Detective Constable. Constable. Okay, Johnny, go. Detective Constable. 
correct. Thank you. Well done. Right, okay. Well done. You're having that. John's got that one. Okay. Mark. Yes, please. What about DS? Detective Sergeant. <gasps> well done. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> right, I am D.I. Fleming. Johnny? Right. Detective Inspector. Right, so you do know what you're talking about. Okay. Not that I'm competitive, but I need a win after Wales last night. I don't want to talk about it. And, and by the way, he's extraordinarily competitive. Right. <laughs> don't I know it? Mark. Go on. Here's an easy one for you. Thank you. If you don't get it, you're in trouble. Go on. AC12. Um. Accrington Stadium. <laughs> I mean, Advanced I was thinking the same wow. chicken. You losing it out there, fella. Albert Creosote. No, that is. I'm sorry, that's an uh, uh from me. Oh, like, dear. Action how, crime. Action, action crime. crime. This is. I, I might actually leave. You losing it. <laughs> leave me. <laughs> I done it. It's over. I said that cartoon. Action crime twelve. That makes sense. Anti corruption. Oh what yes. The whole show is based on. Why twelve? Wow. Right. Okay. Why twelve? Am I still winning? Go. Am I still winning two one? Do, 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 you. Do you just for the win? Do you know why there's a twelve? By the way, okay, can I ask Johnny, about twelve? No. D. D 12 Johnny. Yes. Pay attention. Yeah, concentrate. D. It's like being in school again. S Sorry, miss. You. D-S-U. He ain't got this. He ain't got three. He's, he can't do three. He's done. He's done. <laughs> Look at Something you. special unit. Uh, drugs Ooh, Drugs special unit. <laughs> nope. Detective superintendent. No, it's DCU. No. DCI. No. What did you say? DSU. It's detective superintendent. Yeah. Well, that throws you. There's no I in there. Don't throw your pen You're down. You're losing it out there, fella. <laughs> <laughs> That is a tough one, John. And you, you and I feel for you, but you didn't win. Mark, let's see if you can tie it. Thank you. Right. U. Yeah. C. Yeah. O. U C O, eh? Yeah. Oh, no, U C O. Uh, All the cockiness has gone out of his body. No, no. <laughs> uh, undercover cooperative organisation. Where have you, you gone? You were doing so well. Undercover. See, uh, commanding officer. Undercover officer. Oh, oh just officer. How simple as that? Yeah, simple as that. So a policeman with a moustache? I don't think... Do you know what? I think today, One for you, Vicky. Where oh. we are. One oh, for oh, you. Where oh, we are. Oh, I think okay. for him. OCG. Um, that is... Don't look at me! Organised crime group. Oh, I'm not going to Gang! Gang! Yes! No, uh, no, it's a group. Diesel. Now oh, we're sucking Diesel. How about this one? C-O-Y-I. Come on, you pie. I am. No, it's iron. I You're am. close. You're very close. You've got come on you. Well, three quarters of it correct. Well done. Is that right? I thought I'd throw you a curveball there as well. Ooh. Well so done. That, has, has anybody, has, uh, you shouting that somebody's. Uh, Benjamin has sent the question. Oh, yes. Uh, will we see the return of Ryan in Series 6? And please tell me Carly Kirk joins AC12. Absolutely love the line of duty. That's Benjamin. And he cannot wait. Capital letters. Oh, nice one, Benjamin. Um, Carly Kirk, she was from like Series 2, I think. Is she, is she did. <laughs> oh, Vicky, come on. I, yeah, said, really sure well. I said, is, is Neil Morrissey dead? And she was like, oh, that's No, too far Neil back. Morrissey's not. Um, and in terms of everything, you're going to have to just wait and see, guys. You've got to watch the show. I'm well, giving you what, no spoilers. That's what you should say. They're dead, or are they? Exactly. They always Or do. no comment, which is very fitting. Or even for a better. Top show. Or yeah. instead yeah, of nice. no comment, NC. The Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.